podcast, everyone. Today I'm with a three-time platinum Grammy-nominated singer, songwriter, as well as an artist and a producer. He's set to release a new single. It's my pleasure to introduce Will Jordan. What's up? Thank you for having me. Um, I'm excited to be here, and that was a phenomenal intro. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. Yeah. So, the first thing I noticed when I was doing research on you is, of course, the the Nicki Minaj, <sighs> Nicki, writing for Nicki Minaj show. Yeah. With, I've done quite a few interviews in the past two years now. Oh, nice. And okay. I've had uh, quite a few older artists on. Not saying you're an older right. artist. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> but something that I've seen with a lot of older artists that I've had on the podcast is sometimes they live in the past with their accolades. Oh, wow. Do you feel that with this Nicki Minaj fly single, yeah. is that something that you let define your music career or no? Um, I think early on, <clears throat> that was a really it was a really big deal for us just because that was what kind of set us apart from other artists or local rappers and singers and songwriters from the area. Where I'm, I'm from Tacoma, Washington. Tacoma. Um, yeah, and so like n- we knew a couple people that had like placed records with people, but it was like they were like living in, it's almost like they were in another dimension because of the success they had found and we didn't really see them that often. Um so we always aspire to like reach that next level and like work with artists that were doing big things. Um so I think when the maybe the first the first year and this was 2014 by the way well, this was before that it's okay. 2010 2010 um so for 2010 2011 it was like everywhere we go like this is how we introduce ourselves when i did a concert i would like <laughs> i would sing the song at the concert I, I would tell the story because it was like that's what it took for people to recognize me or for people to take me seriously um i think around 2010 or 2000 2011 i got offered like a, a artist deal um, which helped me to kind of step out of the songwriter role and seeing myself as a songwriter and to take myself more seriously as an artist. Um, and then I think we I toured the first time in 2013. After that tour, I realized like, okay, I'm I'm supposed to be here. I'm meant to do this. I appreciate that record. I appreciate Nikki. I appreciate Rihanna and the other stuff I've written. But I know that my mark, the mark I want to leave, is one as an artist and as a teacher and as a um, as a producer and as an inspiration or artists that inspires people from Tacoma to go beyond what we thought our limits were. Um, so yeah, it's, it's like, it comes in handy when you got to like knock on doors and you got to get stuff done. Um, when like, especially for like, uh, media and things like that. Cause everybody wants to know like how it came about and how that stuff happened. But for me, most of the people I've gotten to a point and I work to get to a point where if people listen to my music, that's what they're thinking about. That was my goal. Is like I want to start. I want to start from scratch, and I want people to define me um, based on what I've done for myself, and not necessarily what I've done for other people. I know it's going to pop up, mm-hmm. um, and that was a really important thing. Um, I think it was Sir Mixalot said, to, "Like honor your hits." He was like, "Don't ever shy away from the records that open doors for you, but also like keep moving forward and looking forward." So. Yeah. But how do you feel about that single now? Is it something still, you're embarrassed about or no, is it something st- you're like proud of? Or? I still, I think that this, I'm I'm proud of it because of the story and the way it happened. If it was just like, like, um, I got lucky and like, I was just like, if my story was like, I'm a kid from Tacoma and I do music and my uncle works in the music business and gave this record to Nicki Minaj and it took off, then it would kind of be like, okay, there's something I did, but like 
I needed, I needed something to happen when it happened. I needed to have a big record. I needed to make a big impact. And at that time, there was no bigger artist than <laughs> Nikki and Rihanna. Yeah. So it was like the the story behind that song and the, and the way that it happened to me is more impactful and it'll always stay with me. Um, I'll always be indebted to Nikki because of what she and she doesn't she doesn't know how big of a deal that was for me. Um, when we met, she appreciated it, but it wasn't like, I know I just changed your life. I know you had a baby on the way and I did that for you. It was just like, she liked the song. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, it was more like, I I was gonna either do music or I was gonna go back to working at a warehouse. And those were my options. And once you take that, it's hard to get back into that music lane once you go back, to, especially as a father and as yeah. I was gonna be a new husband. It, there's not a lot of opportunities for me to get back in the studio and work and and develop and learn and grow the way I needed to. Like being, and this is why I tell a lot of, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm gonna go off on a little bit of a tangent, but. Yeah, no worries. This is why I really try to emphasize like the importance of being a songwriter or spending time as a songwriter for newer artists um, in this area because songwriting and even just working on the publishing side, like finding a way to earn an income as a songwriter gives you time to develop your craft and also gives you a chance to get critiqued from people um, in a lot more direct ways and kind of harsh ways than you would as an artist normally. Because as an artist, we make a record, we make a song we like, and if we like it, it's good to us. And we put it out and we wait to see what the people think. As a songwriter, you write a record, if you're writing with someone else, they got to approve of it. The producer has to approve of it. The the A and R that you're working with has to like it. Then the A and R that they send it to has to like it. Then and the producer has to like it. And the artist has to like it. Then their team has to like it. Then the label has. So there's a lot more like there's a lot more scrutiny and there's a lot more like people picking and prodding and critiquing. But you learn from those critiques. I and feel you, like that could like break someone. <laughs> it can. It definitely can. But that's it's it de- and it depends on where you want to go with your music. If if it's more like I want to like do stuff locally and I want to make an impact and I want to make art and I want to like just inspire people and be inspired, then you don't need, I wouldn't even worry about that. Cause it will, it will change the way you look at music and it will, it will, it turns it into a business. Um, and but that's if what music is nowadays. If you're not ready for the music business, mm-hmm. then that's where you stay. If you, if you're ready to deal with the music business and you want like to deal with real life when it comes to music, then that's a good, that's a, that's a safer way of going through it than doing it with your own music. If you're coming to, if you go through that process as an artist and it's your own records that you're putting out for yourself and you're getting those critiques and you're getting beat down by the label and by A&Rs and by producers and by managers and by agents, it's, it's, it hurts a lot more because it's your stuff. But when you're writing from someone else, for someone else, you're a little further removed from the song. Mm. So if some, if I write the song for a 14 year old girl and it's about like her first boyfriend in high school. And the producer hates the song. I'm not gonna be like, oh, okay, mm-hmm. ouch, this broke. But if it's like a song about my grandmother that passed away, and it's about me finding inspiration again after this horrible loss, and they're just beating that song, that hurts way more. So that's why I say like, try to like take that approach, and it's a good way to get your get thicker skin, um, and to be ready for what you're gonna hear in your Instagram comments, to be ready for what you're gonna hear from these these. Um, these blogs and writers and and media people that are going to critique and give you feedback on your record so um i i i to go back to the original question i do think it i i see the song i know we went a way took a huge left turn but i no, do that's the nas podcast yeah <laughs> but i do 
I do I do appreciate that song and I appreciate what that moment meant for me um, and the doors that it opened and the opportunities that it brought me and a lot of people in my city. It wasn't just me that it affected. So, yeah, and there's so many things to just pull apart from what you just said. There's like a lot of gems there, honestly. <laughs> so I want to start with the the music part, how you're saying music's like songwriting is like a business. Mm. Do you feel like you can even become successful until you realize that music's a business? Because I know so many artists who don't want to see it as a business, but right. <laughs> music's definitely a business. It's yeah. not something you can just put out a song and you're just successful. Yeah. The, I mean, the music, the music business is a business. I think you have a choice and you, you can decide how far into it you want to go. Um, I wish more people were aware of what comes with it. I think that's the hard part is that sometimes people will see a talented artist coming up and they'll see like the potential that the artist has or the producer has or the songwriter has. And so they will, they will paint this picture of like what the industry is like so that the artist will just waltz in there or skip into that world thinking that it's going to be a certain way. And they don't really prepare them because they don't want to scare them away. Um, so I think that's where a lot of people go wrong. I think that if more people knew what it was really like and what you really de- dealt with and like the business side of it, I think more people would be prepared and it wouldn't take such a toll. I think a, a huge problem that we have in the industry today is that a lot of people are not taught for one how to cope with the struggles and the the hardships they face. I, there's not enough there's not enough um, like mental horse, mental health support. Um, I think on the label side of things, I think that if there was more emphasis on just the artist's health and the artist's well-being and the artist's mental state or mind state um, while they're going about their career, I think that we'd be in a much better place. But I think that they just kind of rush people into it um, and people find other ways to cope and find other ways to like balance out or to deal with the pain that they're dealing with or the depression they're dealing with or the loss that they're dealing with. Um, Can you go into but, detail? Like, What are some examples of yeah, this? I, th- I mean over the last six years, I've lost count of how many artists have overdosed or how many artists have like taken, have we've lost because of depression, because of mental health issues and because of problems that they face. Um, and I think that if, if ever, like every, every team, I do this, uh, I do this little thing with artists that are in development where I give them this shared Apple note and it has a layout of what your team will look at, like look like at different stages. And the like your basic team is like a manager, um, business manager, tour manager, engineer, producer, DJ, musicians, and like maybe like a couple other people that help out. Um, But none of those lists or none of those teams, even the ones I've made, none of them have therapists. None of them have a counselor. None of them have like nutritionists. None of them have doctor or dentist it's all just like business 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 profit 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 um so i think that if i think it's important to like start having those conversations and i i see people on i wish i um there's a couple pages i follow on instagram that talk about that kind of stuff um because there's been a lot of change over the last maybe year or so in the music business and they're doing a lot of work to hold people accountable um on a on a big scale and like in the in the in in LA and New York and like in the actual business but up here in the Pacific Northwest there's no we don't have that yet but accountable towards like mental health or like so if if I can speak from experience as an artist um okay so for example um you work two years on an album 
to put the album out and you're it's the most your maybe you had a great first album and you're getting ready to do your sophomore project and this is a really big deal this is the one that will make or break your career and um you put all this time <clears throat> excuse me all this time and energy into it the labels uh, advanced you a bunch of money to put towards it. You're paying your team. You're taking care of your people. You got people depending on you. Um, you do everything you can to make this the best project you've ever done. You put it out. Everybody hates it. Mm. The the music business, the way it is now, you just got to take that. And that's just life. And you're just not good enough. And your your comments, <laughs> your Instagram comments are just full of your trash you're not good flop you're a fluke this is that. like you you'll this person's way better than you comparing this person to you comparing that person to you um uh uh, uh needle drop is giving you a, a two like it's just like all this stuff is coming at you nonstop, and you're just one person now if you have somebody to talk to about those things that can help you to kind of like recalibrate and to understand what's important and to appreciate where you're at and to like vent to that's that's it's a different situation but when it's just you and all you have is your phone and like you, the only the best you advice you get is to turn your phone off. Hmm. Like that's a there's way more problems than just what you're getting in your Instagram comments. Now I got to figure out I got to make this money back. If I don't, I'm going to be shelved or I'm, I'm not going to be able to put another project out. I got people depending on me. I got to this guy has a family. This girl has a family. My parents have helped me with this. These people loan me money. These people invested in my tour and I'm not going to sell. no. T- there's like a lot of stress and there's a lot of problems that come with that. When I think when I think about like what's going on right now with Kanye and Drake, like we see the we see it as we see them as characters almost i think a lot of people see them as characters and not as people and everything they do we think it's like a strategy everything kanye does is a marketing ploy everything drake does is but like a lot of that stuff there's a lot of stuff that they do that's just life and stuff that that happens and they figure out how to take it and turn it into art but when we see that we think oh they planned this the whole time and they meant (laughs) to do this the whole time no there was a mistake he made a mistake and now he's gonna capitalize off of it um so it's it's I think that there's there's not enough support and there's not enough like empathy because we can't understand what it's like to be in their shoes. They 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 have a hard time even remembering what it's like to be in our shoes, but we will never know what it's like to be Drake. I wouldn't like I as an I as a as an empath and as someone that's very sensitive and that can't help but to feel other people's feelings whether I want to or not. Um I I'm very mindful of how I speak about people's music and how I speak about people on the internet because for one, I never know um, if they're going to see it or not, or if you're going to run into them or have to work with them. But also like I think about how I would feel if somebody said that to me. Um, And I know that I like, I'll sometimes I'll, I'll leave like, I think um, earlier today, no, it was yesterday. Soldier, I seen, them posting about Soldier Boy ranting about Kanye because he took his verse or he didn't Wait, keep his do you, verse. Do you follow uh, academics and Grand Wizard Chattanooga? Uh, I I don't follow them, but I hear I I'm like a step removed from them, so I hear people. I follow people that follow them, but I try to I. Tr- it's the funniest sh- shit I've ever seen. Yeah. In my entire life. I, but that's <laughs> it's like that's that's the I I get why it works and I get why people are entertained by it, but I also. feel feel it when I say it like so I right. I seen Soldier Boy talking about his verse and I left a comment I think it was like in the shade room or something like that and right. I left a comment like the verse is trash or something like that <laughs> and I I, I I it was there for like 30 seconds and I was like ah, I deleted it because I'm like I wouldn't want to say I, if I was if I knew him I don't for one I don't know him right. so like 
if he's sitting next to me, I wouldn't say that to him. Right. So that's what I have. To, I remind myself, like, is this how you would talk if this person was there in person? And is this how you really feel? Or are you just trying to, like, get likes on this comment? And so when I think of it like that, that's just me. Mm-hmm. And that even then, I still struggle. I still leave shade and I still subtweet people and, like, <laughs> all that kind of stuff. So I'm like, if if I can't handle the idea of one person saying this to me, like, what would it be like to have millions of followers and they're all leaving, like, an emoji under your comment to like talk create. So it's just, I just, I just, I, I, I know it's a, I know that it's a business and I know that there's a lot that comes with it. And I think that we could do more. Um, or I think more could be done on the team side and on the industry side and the label side of things to balance things out. I'm not even fully part of the industry. Yet, and I see that on the outside, even, yeah. even with like localness, like local politics, like I see a lot of, like I used this example in the previous podcast, but it still holds true. Like everyone, all artists will know like one certain artist and they'll, they'll all have the same opinion Right. that could either help make or break that artist, but they won't, they won't, none of those are like a hundred artists might know they be thinking the same thing about one artist, but no one will tell that artist wow. what's really going on. And that's wow. just the local politics in Seattle even. Can you go deeper on that, or example? Not maybe not a real example of like an example of what you mean by it. like let's with a fake artist. Mm, let's see, like if an artist has been making music for even let's just say five years, right? And there's no growth, but there's obvious ways they can grow, and yeah. people are just around them saying, "Oh my God, you're doing great! Yeah. Just one more year, you're gonna make it!" Right. But in the back of their like the back room. All those artists that are saying they're like, dude, that guy's fucking awful, and he, 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 if he just, fi-, but they're all, they all, anyone that says that, they're like, mm-hmm. if he just fixes that, or if she just fixes that, mm-hmm. whew, yeah. they have what it takes. Yeah. They just need to, they just need to figure out how to fix that. Right. But then, as a whole collective, people are like, you're doing great, you're doing you it got it. Nobody wants to hurt, and I think a big, a, a big part of that too is. Um, that, and that was, that was, and that's five years wasted that people yeah, could have helped them. They could have helped. And that's, that's, that's one of the reasons, um, for, that's one of the things that pushes me and motivates me is that I want to, I want to, I, I want to get to a point just as someone from Tacoma and as someone from the Pacific Northwest, um, I want to get to a point where, um, people can look at me and look at what I've done, not just listen to my music, but look at me and look at what I've done career wise and be like, okay, this person knows where to go because it's one thing for me to have like the, the experience or the, the knowledge or the skill or ability and tell somebody, Hey, if you just tweak this, um, this will be better. Cause a lot of people hear that, but they don't really take it seriously. Um, or they'll hear it, but they, their pride or whatever is going on will stop them from stop it from like really getting through. But then what I see to those type of people who are too prideful, right? They're probably just never going to make it. That I would, I would totally agree with that 10 years ago, but that's who I was when I was 21, tw- uh, 19, 20. I remember one of my good friends, <laughs> I remember one of my good friends, she told me, um, she said, your sound, I was 19 years, that's crazy. Mm. She was like, your sound is going to make sense three years from now. And I was like, what, dude, what is she talking about? I'm about to be famous tomorrow. I'm the next Kanye. I'm the next Jay-Z. She doesn't know what she's talking. And I didn't, I didn't think, I didn't like, 
and a lot of advice I would get back then, it was just like, they don't know what they're talking about or they're just hating or they're just jealous mm. because my, I, for one, I had my cerebral cortex hadn't developed yet fully. So I was still in a place where I couldn't make decisions or see things outside of my own perspective or see the world outside of myself. But also it was just like, it hurt my feelings. Cause I'm like, why you don't believe in me now? Yeah. But it wasn't about her not believing in me. It was about me not being good enough. It took going through a lot. It, it took going through a lot of ups and downs and bumping my head a lot and then being broken down and built back up for me to like understand that the solution for me and the way to get to where I wanted to go was to get better. I never, it was never like just get better and you'll make it. It was always like, Oh, I just got to meet this person Mm. or I just got to get this. I got to get put on or I got to get this opportunity or I got to get to this radio station or I got to, this producer has to see what I'm doing. Or if we can just reach this mark, then people will respect us. But it was never like, just get better. It wasn't, it was 2000 and I think 13. I was, I didn't, um, I was on tour and I'd done a show at a festival called Wango Tango in, in somewhere in California. Um, and I got to do this a really, really, really big show. It was a really big show for me at least. And they didn't know who I was. They didn't know anything about that Nikki record. They didn't know anything about where I was from. They just knew I was a young singer songwriter and I was doing some songs and I did my little four songs at this festival. And afterwards there was a line of, it was about, I was in line for two hours signing autographs in this place that I'd never been to with people that had never seen me before and they believed I was a star. Mm. And I was like, dang, I'm good enough because I had just gone through a bunch of stuff with the label and then not believing in my records and not believing in what I wanted to do. And I lost a lot of confidence because it was like, dang, I'm, I'm not, I'm not quite there, but getting that approval from them, from those fans, let me know, okay, you're there, but just the label doesn't see it. That doesn't mean that you're not meant to be or that it's not, you're not good enough. It means that they just don't see it. And I I hit a crossroads roads because I'm like, okay, I I could settle here and be just fine and just connect with my fans and just build an audience like that, which would be awesome. But I feel like I have a blind spot because there's a reason that they like this artist and this artist and they sign this artist and they sign me, but they don't they don't like what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. There's a reason for it and I, I wanna figure out what that reason is. And it, it hit me and it was like, I gotta get better. And you didn't have anyone that could help you with this at the time. Not at the time. That and that was that. That's a that's another part of why I want what pushes me is because I didn't have anyone. I didn't have anyone that could check me. I didn't have anyone that could do what I could do better than I could do it. All the people that were around me were people that loved music and were passionate about music and felt like they knew what I was doing, but they didn't. In conversation, you realize like this person doesn't know anything about mixing. This person doesn't know anything because I'm a I was a rapper, a singer, a producer, and an engineer and a songwriter. So all five of those angles. If you're coming at me as an engineer, that's dope. But you don't understand me as a producer. If you're coming at me as a singer, yeah, that's dope. But you don't understand me as an engineer and vice. So it was just like I didn't know anyone that could like help me in all those areas to balance those things out. Um, so I it clicked like I got I got to get better. If I if I'm not getting the streams I want to get, I got to make better music. If I'm not getting the shows I want to get, I got to make better music. If I don't have the fans I want, I got to make better music. If I'm not making the money I want, I got to make better music. All the things that like that I felt like people were holding back from me and all the things I felt like the doors I felt were closed and like the gatekeepers were keeping me out because they were jealous, like all that stuff. It was just like, I got to get better. If I get better and if I get to the point where it's undeniable, 
then even if they don't like me, it's more beneficial for them to work with me. But how how can you tell if you're getting like how do you quant is it quantize or like, quantify you quantify um, that? <laughs> you, I look at results, um, and I look at. I, I look at results and I look at feedback from people that I respect and people I admire. And that's a hard thing too. being in the Pacific Northwest is that we don't have a lot of people that we can touch that for one that we either we admire or that have the ear or the experience or the success that's going to, that can even make a difference. Um, is that because so, there's no record labels and people aren't getting signed or like, what can you, what do you mean by that? It's because the people that it's, that's a good question. I like your questions. It's Thank because <laughs> it's because the people I, I, I went on and ran about this probably a couple months ago. I'm, I hope I say what I said back then. I don't change it. But I believe it's because the people, the pillars that we have. Um, and your pillars, you mean people or as far as like the producers, like Got it. the the like the big dogs up here, the Jake ones, the vitamin D's, the Sir mix a lots. I don't think that they get the support or the respect or the reverence that they deserve. And I don't think that it's I and I think that it gets put on younger artists, up and coming artists to give them that. But I think that there's a disconnect between like our legends and our media and our like money up here. I think that if the people that ha I think a lot of the people with the money and a lot of people with the pool are putting it behind the wrong things. And I think that if they knew who really drove the culture and who really like who was really behind a lot of the stuff um, and a lot of, behind a lot of the talent and behind a lot of the artists that are coming up, I think if they put that into those people and put it into the right hands, it would be easier for them as legends to like make time for these newer artists. Mm. But the but when if your if your foundation isn't supportive, if your foundation isn't taken care of or is cracked or isn't cared for or isn't respected, then what can they do for other people other than just survive? So you think it comes down to like media outlets? I th well, I think not just media outlets. And okay. I, I was talking to a friend about this actually that works in in media, and we're actually working on this right now. Um, but I think that's a big part of it. I think that people don't know. I think that I have I have a friend named um, he goes by the name of Black Soul. Who, I had Blacks on the podcast. Who's he? I had him on, and then Loot, and they fucking put that song out on the, what is it? Uh, the that video game the, last uh, year. It was oh, a two, you, you Madden, two, Madden. Yeah, yeah, Madden. Yep. That shit was dope. So he's he's. I love Blacks. So he's from he's from where I'm from. We he was one of the first people that used to buy beats from me at like an actual realistic price. He wow. he doesn't know he paid a lot of bills for me back in the day, but um, he's one of the people that I look at as like everybody should know who this person is. Every time they go anywhere, people should roll out the red carpet because of what he's accomplished. He, you don't, you don't get, you don't, he's doing things that artists, most of my favorite artists will never do and have never done, which is work. I don't know how much of his business is out there, but the people he's working with and the rooms he's in and the people that look up to him and that admire him and respect him, it's like, no, he should be able to do whatever he wants. Um, I literally, I rant about this all the time on Twitter. But so, also the but, thing is, mm -hmm. I've been realizing, I've been trying to, it's just a newer thing I've been thinking about, but I've been trying to connect all the different scenes and make them a Seattle scene. Mm -hmm. But I am starting to realize that Tacoma is such a big area that they're their own scene. Yeah. So yes. I think people in the Seattle scene 
kind of don't even think about Tacoma. That might yeah. be one of the issues. Even yeah, even aside, even if it's just in Tacoma, the what I'm saying is that in Tacoma he should have the key to the city. Mm-hmm. The stuff, that, the the level of talent that he has, and the level of skill that he has, and the level and just his character, like the way he carries himself and the way he moves, is like you don't have to. I appreciate people. I was just my I was my younger brother Chris just left. Um, Chris Jordan he just left Tacoma to go to Yale. Um, that's one person that it's that's another person that like they should have been paying him to stay in Tacoma because of what he what he brought to Tacoma. I'm getting emotional thinking about it because I'm still like sad that he, I'm glad he left because I'm glad why he left. Yeah. But it's just like, we're losing, we're losing our lights. We're losing the people. Cause they go to LA and they got to go other, other places. places to survive because it's, you can't do it. You can't, st- it's hard to be up here and, and to keep going. It's hard to be up here and to be fighting for opportunities and fighting for scraps with like competing against people that haven't done anything or don't really care about have you ever been in the freeway and you got to get off there's a part in tacoma um where you're like in downtown where you're going towards the tacoma dome yeah and there's a lane that's set aside for people that are just going to this other highway mm-hmm. and when there's traffic people that don't have any intentions of getting off on the exit will move over that way to avoid the traffic so you get slowed down by people that really don't care about your lane really aren't going where you're going they're just here just because they don't they want to they want to pass time. Jesus, that's deep. Damn. There's a lot of that in music where people are just, I'm going to be an R&B singer today and then tomorrow I'm going to be a rapper and now I'm a producer. And now I'm, I'm not saying that you can't go around and try different things, but like stay out of the lanes of the people that are really, that are really serious about it. And there's a lot of, there's a lot of opportunity. We're fighting for scraps. We're fighting for the smallest like checks and the smallest opportunities. And it doesn't make sense. I'm, I, <laughs> I love I love Washington State, and I will always have a place here, and I'll always be here in some in some way. Um, but I'm always like, why am I? What am I doing here? Because I love the people, and I love the artists, and I love the music, and I love the story, and I love the culture. But the place itself is just like they don't need. It feels like they don't need me here. And like I, when I go other places, it's people can't wait to work or can't wait to do this or do that or put me on a show or do something to like do something. Cause they're like, what, what is going on? Why haven't, why do you only have this many streams? Why are you only doing this? Why is this? Because they, they see the value. And when you're up mm-hmm. here, it's, it, we, we, it's, it's hard to quantify the value. It's hard to know what this person's worth because they don't, we don't have a real industry up here. We don't have, there's not a lot of ways to make a lot of money. But why don't we have an industry up here? Because there's not a lot of ways to make a lot of money. The money has not, the, the, so that does that come down on like they're not being enough good artists or like why? No, there's a there's a we have phenomenal and that's the problem. We have phenomenal artists and nobody knows about. So that's the thing that we that's where the disconnect between us and the media is, is that nobody for one artists don't know how to go to media. We don't have we don't know who PR is. We don't know how that works or not we but a lot of people don't know how that works. They don't know how to get their projects out. They don't know how to promote their music properly, um, and the industry is changing to where you can't just put your music on a on a blog. And expect it to take off. It's like you have to know where your music should even go, or where who to talk to before release. How far before the release you should even be talking to people and inter- doing interviews. A lot of people don't know that you can do like a daytime talk show or go to like a local news station and they'll talk about your stuff because they don't. There's no communication there. So that and then the people with the money and the, the sponsors and the companies that have the money and all these tech. We have so much money up here. Yeah, and they're they like it's <laughs> like know. they they see. 
I the way I think of it, and I could be wrong. The way I think of it, and I hope they prove me wrong. The way I see it is that we are like art, and they can appreciate us and watch us and spectate us and look and listen without having to invest anything because we're not going anywhere. Like it's, but we if, are. Like people are leaving. But they don't know that. They don't know because for one, they don't know who's here. And if they see an artist they like, it's like, oh, it's a painting. That's nice. I don't need to buy it. Like it's mm. it's already there. I think the difference between us and between the um, the uh, what was it called the um, the Renaissance era. The difference between what's going on right now and the thing that's stopping us between having our own renaissance era in the pacific northwest is there's no patrons the renaissance era was what it was because they were paying people mm. to make the art so people could survive because they were it wasn't like michelangelo and they weren't just painting paintings because they were inspired they were getting hired to do these different jobs and is that do- outside of artists helping like i was in a conversation the other day mm-hmm. where this guy was saying if artists start paying to go to their friend shows versus expecting to go for free would that even would that even change that's anything really no because we're all broke no nobody like, <laughs> it's like yeah that's cool that there's a bunch of artists at the show but like if you if if i could if i was just talking to someone who does a really really successful like show out in la like a recurring show and they do tours and all kinds of stuff and they're he was talking about how like this doesn't work because we're selling tickets tickets will not help us do what we need to do this works because we have sponsors Sponsors make it so we can bring people for free and build that relationship between the artists and the venue and the promoters and the audience. Like it, but it costs money to do that. I could have the greatest music in the world. You could have the greatest music in the world. But if, if you, if you, if you can't sell 10,000 tickets, then 10,000 people won't see it. But if you can get put on a big show or if you can find a big sponsor that has a draw already or that's willing to invest in what you're doing, or invest in a scene or invest in an idea or invest in like um, something like upstream, which was like, it was really close to what, what I'm talking about where people are coming to this place for other reasons, but they get to see the artists when they're there and build a relationship with the artists. Um, which there's just, there's just no way to survive. And I don't know the music business is changing and things are changing in the way that money is exchanged and handled is changing. Um, so I'm, I'm not a pro or an expert, but I, I know that, as someone who's been doing music full time since I was 19 years old, that's the last time I had a full time job. I was 19 years old, so I've had to survive and figure it out all this time. Can you can you tell the audience how old I'm you are? I'm 32, so that's 13 years Damn. of jeez, oh, that just hit me too, of <laughs> of figuring it out and playing shows for 150 bucks, playing shows for 500, playing shows for a thousand, and then going back to 400, then 200, like playing free shows just to sell merch, like. People don't realize that you're, you're, I'm, this is supposed to feed my family and I'm doing, I can only do, in, if I'm doing a show in Seattle, they don't want me to do another show in Tacoma for 30 more days. Mm. You're paying me 600 bucks. So I'm making $600 a month for, <laughs> off of concerts. Like Jeez. what am how, what? So it's just, there's, there's somebody who's going to figure it out. I don't know who it is, but somebody's going to, somebody's going to see this interview. They're going to be looking at this camera and they're going to say, Wow. We have money, we have relationships, we have spaces, we need people, we need a draw, let's connect the dots. Um, Another important part is finding, this is where a lot of it goes wrong, is that the people with the money, they find somebody they know. 
like, oh, this person knows an artist. Bring some of your rapper friends in. And then they <laughs> put together a video and some people crump in the video and they're like, this is it. And it's not good. It's usually not good. You got to find the people that know the talent. You got to find the people that really know who's good and know what's what and knows what's next. And they're not going to be the people that you would expect them to be. It's not going to be some corporate dude. It's not going to be a fancy person. It's going to be somebody that's in a rundown studio. It's going to be somebody that's in, in South End of Seattle in a community center where they let kids come in and rap for free. It's going to be somebody that runs a venue that's barely staying afloat. It's going to be someone like you who's interviewing artists day, day in, day out, listening to music all the time. It's going to be someone like Nudie, the guy that who brought me up and taught me from Tacoma. He has a studio called Platinum Rain where artists from all over the city come in and record and sp- spend whatever they can or pay whatever they can or find ways to make earn studio time just to that's how I became who I was I was in there recording as an engineer to earn studio time mm. there's p- places like that where you're going to find the people that are going to make it because people that get the handouts and that everything is done for them they're usually not going to have the willpower or the drive to go through all the stuff you got to go through and jump through all the hoops but it's those people that are showing up that are catching the bus two hours to go to the studio for two hours and then catching the bus two hours back not sure how they're going to eat like those are the people that are going to make it and so those are the people that need to get the money um if 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 they if someone can connect those dots and and put that stuff in the right hands it'll we will have we will have what we see other people having but until that happens it's not because people don't know that we're really good i saw a list um i saw a uh it was like a graphic on i think baller alert somewhere on instagram and it said like these are the um which of these are the top hip-hop cities or hip-hop states and it was like the whole country but the only places that were highlighted was like california florida new york uh georgia and like michigan yeah and but the whole north like everything outside of california was just blacked out and it was like (laughs) this hurts because i know really talented people in in portland i know really talented people in seattle i know really talented people in tacoma and I forget myself because I don't see it that often. But when I think of Sean Brooks, when I think of Louis, when I think of Why Louis, huh? Gifted Gap, when I think of Gifted Gap, like, don't get me started on Gifted Gap. Because I'm, I'm still, I'm still, I still stand. I remember I first had met her and I was like nervous. <laughs> <laughs> I was so nervous because I was such a big fan of because of how talented she was and how she, just how she carries herself and how she moves. Um, and I know these people are up here and I know they could go toe to toe with some of the other people that I work with in other places, but nobody knows. Like I, I travel a lot. I've been to every state and I've seen a lot of different scenes and I've seen a lot of people that get a lot of props and have people propping them up that are not really all that people say they are. And so, I'm like, so you can't blame the artist for like leaving them. No, I don't know. I don't, I used to, I used to be like, Oh, you didn't stick around. But now I'm like, wait a second if you can go somewhere else and thrive and make your music and get support like you should go and if because if it's one thing if we're trying up here and if there's a scene up here and people are investing in people and and taking a shot but it's another one they don't really care about us um but is this going to be a cycle or is is it already a cycle or is it going to become a cycle like how you're saying like the vitamin d's and sir makes loss that people don't like appreciate them so if, the, if there's artists right now, mm-hmm. like my age, mm-hmm. who aren't appreciating them, if these artists continue what they're doing and get, get stuck in the circle jerk, mm-hmm. is it going to be a thing where in the next five, 10, 15 years, they're going to be those vitamin D's and Sir Mix-a-Lots? Or? I'm, I'm not expecting the artists, I'm not expecting the younger artists to support the older artists. I'm saying that 
the people that have the money need to support the foundations and the pillars of the community. So it's on the, the fans. The, fan, <laughs> the fans are a byproduct. It's on the industry that doesn't exist. If we're in, if we're in an, if we're in another place where there's actually labels and there's actually companies that know music and that invest in music, the people can survive off of what they're making from the companies. But up here, there's no, and again, this is me. I'm not an expert on this stuff. I have some experience in publishing and labels and stuff just from my own experience. We're, we're feeling guys. That's yeah. Just, we're just yeah, talking about how we feel. It's how I feel. <laughs> I feel like if the people that I feel like if, I feel like if someone I feel like if, if, okay, if it was me, if I had, which my goal, my plan is to make at least $45 billion at some point. There we go. So if I, if I fast forward to the future, got my money and came back here, I would be giving, I would have built, a, I would have built a studio called Vitamin D Studios and I would have furnished it. I would have put everything in there that he wants to be in there and figured out everything he needs because he's already someone that teaches people and invests in people and works with people and helps people and supports people. So if I know that he's doing that and I know he's such a pillar in this community, I want to make sure that he's strong and he doesn't have to stress about surviving. I don't, I don't, I, I, not that, not, I don't, I can't speak to his state. He might be doing perfectly <laughs> fine right now. I'm, I don't want to say that, but just like, I know people that are like, that are legends and they are like every day is just like making rent. And so I got to put my time and energy into making rent instead of actually making magic and making good stuff. I got to make this beat for this whack rapper that only has money because he's doing stuff that is tearing down his community. <laughs> <laughs> and he wants to be a rapper because it looks cool. He's not really passionate about it. Not saying that, I mean, we are, I know a lot of people's options are limited. So some people are living that life because that's the choice they have, but they're passionate about their craft. There's people that are not passionate about their craft and they have the money to pay for these beats in the studio time. So they're taking up all the space. Like the people in that lane that aren't really getting off of the exit. There's a lot of people like that when it comes to music that are taking up all these amazing producers' times, all these amazing en- engineers' time. And if 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 they were like good and could just relax and not stress and just rest, they could do I feel like they could do what we need them to do. But I feel like there's a lot of people pulling on them and clawing at them and demanding that they they lay down their lives for the next generation right. for nothing in return because they've seen all the different people come and go. They've seen people get on and leave them behind, act like nothing happened. Um, so I I, th- I think that if they didn't have to worry about that and they, they could just be like, I'm I'm going to be who I am. I'm going to teach what I know. Like it, It's easier to teach people what you know. It's easier to share your food on a full stomach. That's a better way of putting it. If if I'm if I know my groceries are limited um, and I don't know where the next check is coming from to refill that fridge, when people come by starving, it's going to be harder to give them as much. I'll still feed them when I can. But if if my cabinets are overflowing, it's so much easier to like give and give. And these are people who give even when their cabinets are empty. I, that's I came from that era, that generation of we don't have anything and we're going to split that nothing up amongst each other. And imagine what it's going to be like. And we're going to we're going to we're going to we're going to feed ourselves and eat off of hope and eat off of possibilities. That Nikki record came. I was I just got I got fired from my job. I my daughter's or my um, it's not a surprise anymore. My daughter's mom called me and told me that she's pregnant. It was my girl, just my girlfriend at the time. So I have no job. My cars, my car just gotten broken into. So my speaker system was gone. It was just like running on 
It was just a hole in the front of my car and the air was coming in, <laughs> coming in when I drove. So I, my cars broke down, no job, no money, staying with my parents. Broke down computer um, and no really like options. Nobody could see my talent. Nobody was like, I'm going to sign this kid because he has potential. That that industry was gone. The in, the era of A&Rs coming to talent shows and signing kids because of the next big thing is over. So I didn't have a shot. And I was fortunate to meet someone who had a relationship with someone in L.A. And they heard a record that I wrote and they liked it. If that wouldn't have happened, I would I would I don't know where I would be right now. So, like, I I had support. Um, I had a lifeline that kept me afloat and that I could make I, I get a royalty check here and there, I guess, publishing here and there. Um, and even for me, I'm not like balling out of control by any means. It's still like it's still about survival. But I come from that era of like having nothing and figuring it out and trying to grind it out. And I've seen the toll that it takes on you, on your heart, on your mind, on your family, on your friends, um, on your your everything on your dreams on your perspective because you you need to make it and you have to make it but you have no control over it and nobody's there to help and that's a really like dark place to be so for me i i don't want to have gone through that for nothing i told you 13 years yeah and if if and if we had time i would tell my full story but i'm i don't want to have nobody crying and <laughs> depressed i want to i want to inspire people and uplift people so for the for what I've been through and what I've lost um, for music, I don't want anyone else going through that. I, I, I feel like I always believe that the struggle should evolve. So the generation that comes after me should not be going through the same things I was going through. And if I'm not fighting with everything I have to stop that from happening, I'm not doing my job. I have the experience. I have the, the cuts and the scars and the bruises um, to let me know how serious this is and I know what it feels like and I don't want to see someone else go through that. So when I'm when I'm on Twitter yelling and screaming hmm. about like people like really making better music and being the best that you can be and like um, supporting people and supporting yourself and taking care of yourself, I'm saying that because that's, I didn't do that stuff. I didn't know that stuff and nobody told me that stuff. Um, and I, I, I truly, I honestly believe that like we have a lot of really, 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 really talented people. And even for the ones that that's the cool part about it is when I started off, I was not good. <laughs> I wasn't like, I was not a prodigy. I didn't just come out singing and writing and producing and making these amazing. I was like a lot of people come into the business or come into music and they're like good and they just got to get better. Some people are really good and it's just like smooth sailing. Some people are like born geniuses and it's just like, like her, um, she's been an amazing singer and musician since she was like eight years old. That was not my story. I loved it when I was eight years old and I, I played and I sang and I wrote, but I wasn't good. So I came into the industry like, where, where let me see, let's say like, here's, here's where you want to be. Um, I came in at like this level. So for the fans listening. Oh, I don't know if you can, I'm sorry, my hands are too low. Yeah. So this is about like average, like, okay, if you're going to make it, you got to start here and work your way up to the top tiers. I was like <laughs> off screen. Like I was, I was here trying to do five different things and trying to be the best at so many different things that so I could never really keep up. So it took me, I had to learn and develop myself in a lot of ways and, and figure things out um, and mess up and fail publicly a lot in order to like learn the stuff that I know now. So, and that's important because 
yes, we have a lot of talented people and we have some people that may not quite have it, mm. but that's what I'm here for. I, that's, that's my specialty is the people that don't have the skill, but they want to learn and they're going to show up. I would, I'd spend, I'd, I would spend three years of my time with someone that shows up and that wants to learn. I'd rather spend that than a year of someone who's super talented, but isn't serious about it. And I've done, I've done that before. I've, I've worked with every single level of artists from people that I know someone right now that if I, if they would show up to a studio session, mm-hmm. I could, they, their life would change because I would call this person and say, Hey, listen to them, but they won't show up. So I I want the people that will show up. That's what I'm here for. That's why, that's why I'm still in Washington state because I'm, I'm sticking around for the people that show up for the per- people that hit me up for the people that are consistent for the people that really have the drive and the people that take it seriously. So, um, wait, so what do you have in place right now to help certain artists? Is it so, studio time or what are you doing? So I, right now we, um, we just do, I can't, it's supposed to be a secret group. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a Illuminati. No, it's called <laughs> artists anonymous. And we all, great. yeah. And we all do like meetups. We have like an Instagram group. Um, and Instagram only lets you have 31 people in a room. So that's our limit is 31 people. Um, and we just all like give feedback and support and advice. And I'll have different people come on zoom. Um, like my friend Mac that works for, he's one of the people he works, uh, with Roland loud. He's like one of their, one of the original actually people from the, that company and does a lot of their booking and stuff. And I had him come on and do a zoom and just give advice and listen to music and Ooh. talk about, so it's like, it's like people that can change people's lives but I, I'm protective of them because everybody, a lot of people see the opportunity. They're like, oh, I want to meet this person so I can meet them. But they don't really know what to do with it. And they don't know that this is a relationship and it's your job to put yourself in position to to be ready to work with these people. Um, so I try to make it so that it's people that understand that and people that respect that. Um, one of my, I have a lot of a lot of have a lot of dope friends um, <laughs> that I that I'll bring in and that are in the group. And Wait, so how do people get part of artist anonymous when, are you reaching out to them you're just plucking them or how is it it's it's a it's both it's if i go to open mic um and i see somebody that's dope if i'm on instagram I'm, like retro and you dub open mic or like what type of open mic yeah any anywhere um when people if somebody follows you on instagram and they have a music link i will listen to their music i i mm. every person that follows me i always go and listen to their music if they have if it's easy to find if i'll go i'll scroll back a few spots to see if they have anything on there but like i listen to everything and for me if <laughs> this is funny because i'm always asking other people this stuff mm. um i'm used to doing the interview so it's cool to be <laughs> on this side of it but if if someone was trying to get my attention all you have to do if you follow me and you like have your music available and you hit me up and you're patient i will probably listen to your music and if you've sent a message and i and i've found your music I'm going to respond. I'm going to at least if it's especially if I like it, I'm going to respond right now. We don't have any more, any more slots. Um, but there's a few people that are just kind of in there that are in there just to be in there, but they're not really active. So I would kick somebody out. If there's, <laughs> okay. if there's someone that was serious about it, I would, I would take somebody out or start a second group. Yeah. But um, we do usually, right now. We've been kind of on a hiatus. We did one meeting last Wednesday, but we usually do meetings every Wednesday, like on zoom. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll ju- I just, it's mainly about just doing like check-ins to make sure that they're okay. And that they're like, if they have any, like we just talk about like what they're dealing with, what we're struggling with, almost like alcoholics anonymous, Yeah. but just for artists. So if you're, and are they from all around the PNW or is it just Tacoma, just Seattle? Like? They're, I mean, they're actually, I would say maybe, t- I would say there's probably 15, maybe 15 people from 15 or 20 people from up here. And then, 
Are okay. they artists like I would know, or are they just like random, like really up and coming, like eighteen-year-old people? Like, um, like what are the if people are listening to this and want right. to, like, what is their competition level? Um. Okay. So there, there is one. There, I'm I'm scrolling through the group. <laughs> There's one person in here, and this is funny because I'm like, who is this person? There's one person in here that I know, I know, I know, I know, and I hope she hears me. I know that if she got in the studio with the right people or just showed up consistently um, and and took the lead in her life and in things that she wants to do, she is a star right now. And I don't say that about people. She would... Like I know, like for me, I know my path and I know where I want to go and what I want to do. And I know the pace that I'm taking and the route that I'm taking. I would put that person before me and I would stop what I'm doing to, because it would only take, it would take a few months for them to take off because they have, they have it. They're super talented. They have like the personality, the charisma, but it's just like life stuff that's holding them back. And that's, that's wearing them down. And it's, it's a, it's the survival thing where we can't really invest in our art or invest in ourselves because we're trying to take care of our, our home life our kids that kind of stuff um but there's some, there's it's a person that i i i i don't just even just as a like a rapper or a lyricist i don't know i don't know if anybody but like are these artists part of the music scene like are they people that are performing at concerts and like have streams or this this person is is and isn't that's that's and that's what that's the point of it is like this person is could be and I've put her on like a couple of my shows and I think she's doing she's doing her own shows and stuff now but it's not like they're not known like really well in Seattle then there's people I'm trying to because there's there's people from Chicago there's a girl from Atlanta that's really talented there's a girl from the UK that's in there there's an A&R from a label I really like uh, Mac is in there a few other people are in there my manager's in there um, and then like a couple of my friends are in there but there's not there's not do you have a vision for this to be like bigger like like an actual like place people can walk into or like what are your well, yeah. what is your vision if you had like unlimited money or if yeah. you have money that you're like trying to invest or like mm -hmm. what is your vision for this so there's different variants of this there's another thing we have called camp um was as actually start we started it um a few years ago it was um a really super super talented super awesome amazing um legendary person she goes by the name of DJ Shay Rose. Um, she actually is one of the people that helped me start it. And that was more of an in-person meetup where we'd like every Sunday and Wednesday, people would come to the studio that like I used church. to work at. <laughs> yeah. Yep. And they'd come to the studio and we'd all just rehearse together or go in the studio and play records. And like, if I had an opportunity for me, what my goal was, was to bring like songwriting opportunities to them and help them get placements. Because I was like, if I can connect these dots and get these people publishing deals, they can get paid to make music and they can finally like, like what happened for me where they can do music full time and mm -hmm. like be in the studio, get their little three grand a month. And like, that's not, that's not bad to like make music. And then the publishing or the placements you get on top of that, you're getting more income and more money to me. That was like, that's a perfect way to get people into the studio to make music for themselves and to learn and develop and learn studio etiquette, learn how to record themselves, learn how to engineer themselves, learn how to produce records. Um, but it was just so hard to get, to get, real opportunities that like were serious and to get the people to take it seriously because it, it never happened to them before they'd never seen it before but are there are is there like 
artists spread out throughout the PNW that could actually change people's lives or no? Because from from my experience, mm -hmm. a lot of people who I feel like had some sort of power. Right. Once I've gotten to meet them, I'm just like, these guardians are normal people who have not been in any rooms that I thought they've been in, you know? That's a, yes, you're right. Um, I'm, well, I'm trying to figure out the question. You're saying, are, you're like, saying, are there, are these, are there older artists that people are just not utilizing that actually versus just having wisdom, like actually have, you mean in the group or you just, just in Pacific Northwest? Like, is there things that people are just not looking at? Like if they took a step back and people actually dove into like what they could do to help their music career, are there things in place they can dig for that can help you out? Or right. are you just kind of fucked and you do have to leave? No. Yeah. You know, there's, there's ways to make it up here. It's, it's not, I don't blame. Like, can you lift up a rock and be like, Oh shit, this is, whoever and they actually have been just waiting they're just <laughs> sitting in their fucking there are some of those there are some people like that up here i don't know why they're i mean there there are people that are up here that are trying and there's there's i don't want to make it seem like nobody in seattle is making it and nobody's there's people that are really making it happen but a lot of them are overwhelmed because they're the only people that know how to make it happen so they can only take on so many artists to manage or only so many artists for their labels what i would say the artists need to do that are up here is it's really boils down to one word is consistency. Um, I was, there's a, a really cool video that I posted in our little, uh, AA group. And, um, it was talking about the, the top, like the best to worst nine of the best to nine ways of marketing or forms of marketing ranked from worst to best or something like that. And the worst one was like spamming <laughs> Instagram comments or something like that. The top one was marketing through content, which means like, just dropping stuff consistently everything you do is an ad so before when it was like you got to be kind of mysterious mysterious or you have to be very careful about what you put out on the internet because your brand and this and this, and this you have to have this certain aesthetic and your instagram has to be all perfect and matching that time sneakily kind of slipped away now it's just about being in people's faces every single day if you want a perfect example of how <laughs> one there's plenty of them but one of them there's an account and he's actually from Tacoma. He's a comedian and he goes by the name of Kev on stage. Kev on stage has to me, like he motivated me in a lot of ways because he has a, a, a an amazing presence. He has a lot of followers, but he has a community. It's not, and it's not just like, Oh, he drops a new comedy special and people like leave comments. Everything he posts, there's a full thread under his, every single post. I'll go on his posts. I kid you not. I'll go on his posts. And he'll post something about like, like today or today he posted like, were you allowed to say yes, ma'am? Or were you allowed to say yes or no to your parents when they called you? And I was like, no, I had to say either yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. No, sir. No, ma'am. And I couldn't say what under that comment. I get a 1200 likes on just that little comment, that sentence. And then like 150 comments underneath that from his followers. And I'm like, dang. I can't get this on mine and I have a good amount and I'm yeah. verified. Like you would think that my, but it's just the, he's consistent. He's built a rapport with so many people that they all like, they all feel connected and they all take what he says seriously. And he's, he's consistent. He's um, passionate about what he does and it's heartfelt. Um, and I think that a lot of people can learn from that. And I think there's other people that do it too. He's not the only one, but there's other people that do it too. But I think just the, 
if you figure out what your cause is, like what you believe in, what you're passionate about, like find one thing that's like your thing and then you find a way to like make, I'm tired of the word content, but if you find a way to make consistent content, um, whether it's just a reel every day or if it's a picture and it's a story behind the picture or if it's a journal entry or for something that maybe is helpful for you, like you work out every morning so you take a picture of the sidewalk when you leave and you say something inspirational like something just getting in people's faces every day that will start to grow and people will start to trust you um if the, if you if your favorite store you, is there a store like in seattle that you like like a clothing store that you like or a restaurant that you like or oh yeah i have my my favorite store right restaurant right now it's called hiroshi's it's hiroshi's. in green lake okay it's a poke restaurant oh, and nice. I, I love poke so in, anyone that comes to the studio i've been like go to hiroshi's how, what are what are their hours usually? Oh shit! Know? It's probably like eight to nine or something like that. Eight to nine. Okay, so let's say that was your favorite restaurant, and to, what today is today Tuesday. So you went there tomorrow and they were closed. It would be like, dang, okay, <laughs> but they're open again Thursday. All right, that's cool. Friday, every day is everything's normal. Then next week they're closed on Thursday. It's like, oh, okay, I wasn't expecting that. I was hungry, but. All right. <laughs> you come back Friday, they're open. Then the next week, they're closed three days out the week. Mm. Then the next week, they're closed a the whole week and then two more weeks after that. And then the next week, they open up for one day. But you don't know that because you're not there because they weren't there. It wasn't open when you were hungry. Right. So then it's going to be hard to keep going back there because you don't know if they're going to be there. Like you're not a Kanye West. He can post Instagram, but mm -hmm. he's already huge. Yeah, so. he's already built the, re he's built the relationship. And that's... Th when it's that level, that's like a three Michelin star restaurant where I'm going to fly to another country to go eat there and I'm going to figure out what time it's open so I can get what I need to get. And even then, there's an, he has enough back catalog for you to like to to and 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 even and yeah, he has enough back catalog and he's built that rapport and that trust with you. If that restaurant is your your favorite restaurant, you've been going there since you were a little kid. How long has Kanye been out since 2003? I say 1999. S well, as a producer, yeah. So if you if you're if that restaurant went back that far, then when you when they open, you're still gonna love them. You're still gonna go there. But if it's a newer restaurant and you don't know when they're gonna be there, it's hard to like mm -hmm. really stand behind it or really like champion it or recommend it to other people because you don't know. Yeah. So my point is just to show up consistently and do what you can, even if it's like I'm taking a picture of a note on my phone or like this is a beat that I like and I'm just showing a screen recording of thirty seconds of it, like doing something every day just as when people show up you're there that's what matters that's what helps to build that relationship if you can't do anything else that being the number one form of marketing right now you can do that for free essentially you're doing like this is above and beyond um so it, i i really love your setup and how you do this oh and, the studio and, that's your time yeah, yeah thank this you is, uh, yeah <laughs> so for people that can't do all this they can still just Go on Instagram Live. That doesn't cost you anything. Mm -hmm. um, and make a reel and stop. I have a friend that works for Facebook. Um, Mark Zuckerberg. <laughs> he actually calls himself Dark Zuckerberg, which is funny. But um, he, he he was telling me, like, use reels. Like, I know it's annoying. Just use reels. Use reels. Don't do anything else. Just make reels. And I'm tired of making reels. But I've, I understand the significance of it now because... But you've learned a new type of content. You've been making these these producing videos. Yeah, that's dope. I'm doing whatever I can. And I had to. Nobody's. I have to edit it myself. I have to make the little singing videos myself. But I know, it's. It takes some time and it's frustrating, but it's something I do anyways. And 
I know that if I do this now and I'm consistent with this now and I go as far as I can, it'll help me get to the point where I can get help with those things. But if I'm waiting for someone to come help me, I'd be waiting years for somebody before somebody's like, hey, you make beats, don't you? Hmm. I make videos. We should work together. And if they don't see me trying or like working, it's how would they even know? How will they know? How will they know? So like me getting putting myself out there and trying it, there might be somebody that says, hey, you could do this a little bit better if you do that. And if you use this program, you can do this better. And they can help me with that stuff. But if they don't see me even failing at it, they won't know that I need help. If I'm if my car breaks down and I'm sitting in the car, hiding in the car seat in the dark, <laughs> nobody's going to know that I need help. But if I get out and I'm pushing my car by myself, I'm a lot more likely to get some help pushing that car because they see me trying. Yeah. So so what are you doing to stay afloat like right now? Like, is it from songwriting or what? Everything. Um, t- uh, touring, songwriting, streaming. Are you still on tour right now? Technically, yes. I'm technically not here right now. No, I'm. Uh, my next. We pushed, I think, five of our dates to October because of COVID um, or. Yeah. So the damn COVID. Yeah. So when we had <laughs> before we announced, we had the everything set up, and by the time it was time to announce it, I had one date in September where it was like, way more dates in September. So I was bummed by that. But um, yeah. So I did. I did the the LA show that we kept, and then I have a festival date. And back in LA on the 18th, and then I may have a show on the 19th. I'm not sure. So you could then, literally just forget about Seattle if you wanted to, and just move to LA. Um, yeah, yeah, uh, yes, I could. But I, yes, I could. Um, I the reason the reason I'm here for one is because it's still it's expensive everywhere you go. So if I'm gonna struggle somewhere, if I'm gonna grind somewhere, I'd rather do it here. But also, I'm I still have hope, and I still believe that like something can happen up here, and I I don't trust anybody else with it. Like I I, appre- not that I don't think anyone else is capable, or that I don't believe that the producers up here like can help. I just I know it's a lot of work, and I know that I know that I'm a as an artist and as a producer and all the other things, the hats that I wear. I know that I can see things from a different perspective than a lot of people can, um, and so I'm I'm not here to like. I'm not I don't think I'm the king of Washington or I'm going <laughs> to come save the 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 northwest but I I know that I have something to, to contribute and as long as I can survive up here and make it make sense I will I'm not going to lie when my brother left my brother like when I talk about pillars it's my younger brother Chris he's he's like seven pillars in one but what, um, what is he I don't know Chris so I, what I is know. Chris do? <laughs> I can't I can't put it I can't put it into words um I really can't, and I can't even do him justice. I can't even do it. I can't do it justice. But I'll I will say that he's he left to go to Yale, and he's thirty one. I oh, don't think shit. he has. I don't think he has his B. I think he they just they wanted him to go there. That's yeah. how. But he's. It's not like oh, it's just because he's. It is because he's a phenomenal artist. But what he does in the community, what he does at Tacoma, all the people he fights for, all the people he supports, all the people that he loves, and people that love him, it's like. I was telling him it's like you're like a spring and you or like a well and you leaving is like there's a lot of people that were coming to you as a water source and they're gonna have to find another one Come but also last podcast yeah <laughs> there you go um but he, he he like he does he does and has done what I'm trying to do when I'm trying to help people and develop artists and all that kind of stuff that's stuff that I learned from working with him because he had a, a program they have a program called Fabitat in Tacoma and they had a summer program where they would like have people come in and teach kids how to read or how to rap and make beats and stuff. Like a residency or a totem star. Uh, 
Sure. Yes. I don't know what. You don't know those? No. You know you don't know either of those. Mm-mm. So Tacoma is just its own thing, huh? Yeah. Dude, yes. the residencies Macklemore's program where he. They, they never and then to totem, and then Totem Star is in West Seattle and it has like Thadilac, you know Thaddeus Turner. I know of Thaddeus Turner. Yeah, I like he yeah. runs that. Like, or damn. Yeah. See, you guys yeah. are. See, that's what I need to figure out. Mm-hmm. Do I need to go to Tacoma, or does Tacoma need to come to Seattle? Like, is should should, should should Tacoma make its? Are they working on making their own music scene, or should they make their own music scene, or are they trying this is to? A good question. Or are they trying to come Ooh. to Seattle and be part of Seattle? Um. So, I've been. I've been. I've been making music actively since 2009 like i signed in 2010 um did my first tour in 2013 put on my first project 2011 um i've put out put a project out 2011 put one out 2013 put one out 2014 no no not for yeah yeah 14 play the tacoma dome played main stage at summer jam in 2015 Went on tour, put another project out, I think two years later, was on TV, did another tour, put out another two more projects. I've never been asked to do any major festivals in Seattle one time, Mm. ever. I've been on the news, I've done interviews, I've done Cairo, I've done King 5, I've, I played Tacoma Dome in front of 10,000 people, I played um the white river amphitheater for the 20,000 people um i know i've <laughs> i've seen every single regime of cube 93 that you could imagine i've never played bummer shoot i've never played capitol hill they don't there's i know a couple people from Tacoma that have played like cap cap hill like that were managed by people from seattle but they and i think maybe sean brooks did it i'm not sure but they don't they don't they don't it's just there's no don't say seattle doesn't want to come i feel like that's what you're about to say no it's not that it's there there's i will say there's a person that did look out there's a lot of people from um, let me say this there's a lot of people from seattle that have looked out and that have done things i've done a lot of shows at like crocodiles i've played every venue in seattle but it's just like those bigger looks and those looks with like large amounts of people that can help you like connect with the fan base i we don't and it's not that they hate us or we don't like them it's just nobody knows who to talk to um, I don't know who to talk to if I was interested. They don't know who to talk to if they're interested. Um, so it's just a disconnect. I don't think it's like an intentional thing where like we hate him because he's from Tacoma. <laughs> I think there back in the day there was like rivalries between the two where people didn't really see the the need for Tacoma artists being out there and vice versa. But um, I think it's I think it's a communication thing and I think it's just not knowing who is what and not and not knowing that these people are making music like. There's so many disconnects I've noticed, honestly. But there's so there's many. There's, there's a lot that can be easily fixed that I keep telling people. But. Yeah, it's it's just it's having these conversations and knocking on these doors and being persistent and and my for me I I again it was like okay if I'm not getting if they're not asking me to play this concert then I'm just gonna get better like because if they never come knock on my door I know I'm working with this producer out here. I know this person's calling me to come out here. I know these people are putting me on tour. I know these people want to sign me. I know these people want it. So like if I was waiting for these people to come and give me this opportunity and just sitting in the studio in the dark 
<laughs> making sad songs because I wasn't getting what I wanted, <laughs> then I would be stuck. So yeah. um, I'm, I don't hold it against anyone that I haven't played those venues. It's more of just like showing that we're in two different worlds, even though we're only 30 minutes apart. Yeah. Um, a really, a really amazing person. I won't put her on blast, but there was a really like um, prominent promoter from the Seattle scene. Oh, one more thing though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of like just hip hop legends in general live yeah. in Tacoma too. That I don't think people realize, which I think is really funny. The, Tacoma people's p- Tacoma is a very interesting place because, like, people. I think that like in Tacoma we don't. I tell people being from Tacoma and this is no shade to Seattle, but being from Tacoma is a lot like being black where they're like people have this idea and this perception of you and like who you are and what you're like. But some of it's true though. Like people would fucking get shot all the time in Tacoma. So no one wants to go down there. Remember where we, we, the conversation we had before this started and you were saying what things were like before, (laughs) what just happened here a few hours ago before I got here. Yeah. Yeah, well, shout out to that lady. I hope she's okay. What, but, but what happened though? Someone got shot in Green Okay, Lake. yeah. So there's this, there's this, pers- it's, um, so I'm saying it's like the people By see- By the way, I didn't mean to laugh that someone got shot. It's yeah, sad that's not, someone got that's, shot, but let's, but anyways. Yeah, that's not good. Um, I hope that whoever that is is okay. And um, yeah, the, the, there's a perception, and I'm, and I'm not saying like we're mad about this. What I'm saying is that people have this idea of what Tacoma is and- when I go down there, it smells weird, but it's like, you're like in, you're in like the small, you're like in a one mile radius from the freeway to like downtown and people don't, you never go past like Pacific Avenue. <laughs> so like people are t- like, are terrified or scared to come to Tacoma. And it's like, it's just the same way people are like, they might see a black neighborhood and like, Oh, I don't, we don't go there. Cause we don't know what's going to happen. The black people are not sitting there like, oh, please come visit us. If you just come here, you would see that we're nice people. They're like, please stay away. We don't, we're not, we don't have a problem with you. Not, we're not, we're not like looking for you to come be here with us and make and validate us. It's more like we recognize our value and you not seeing it tells us more about you than it does about us. So when people are like, I'm not coming to Tacoma, I'm not like, darn it. I'm more like, yeah, there was just a shooting here like <laughs> an hour ago. And somebody, I just got robbed. My car just got stolen. So you probably should stay <laughs> far, far away. And if you talk to people that are from Tacoma, they don't want people coming to Tacoma because we see what's happening everywhere else. Everything is getting gentrified. People can't afford to live where they're at. Mm. And that's spilling over here. So we're not, we're not hurting for, we're not, <laughs> I, in 2010 i i couldn't um i couldn't get into a there was a party in seattle i couldn't get into this party and then i think the next week i was in la at a grammy party with drake and nikki hanging out damn so that's what it's like is like these people if they don't see you or recognize you it doesn't mean that you're not good or you don't have value it just means that they haven't seen it yet and i don't and i, I understand why and there's a i think that I think if we go deep, I think there's a lot of like, because Tacoma is known as the black, the hood, the urban, whatever word people like to use. I think there's some self-hate in there. And I think there's some that's been taught or trained, not just from Seattle people from Tacoma too. There's a lot of people that did not like being from Tacoma because of what it was associated with. I'm from the heart of Tacoma. I'm from Hilltop. So I'm from where like when you're in Tacoma, where people tell you not to go in Tacoma. I went to school in university place. 
and they used to look at me crazy because of where I was from. And I was like, it's, it's an amazing place to be at, but you don't see it. Okay. I'm, but I'm proud to be from there, but there's people that are from, that were from there that would hide that and that wanted to be from somewhere else. Um, because we're taught that this isn't as valuable because it's ghetto. And when somebody calls something ghetto for me, that's a red flag because I'm like, what, why, and what makes you think that? And what makes this a good thing or a bad thing? Ghetto, you got a ghetto name. What makes it a ghetto name? And what is, what is wrong with this name? Is it because it's a black name that makes it bad? What is like, why is it? Well, Debrickashaw would be a little. But who, <laughs> but who says who? Because ha- think about it. How many names sound unique that are just like names? Right. Like white people have like the craziest. They only named their kid like Lavender. Some... And it's not ghetto. <laughs> so it's not ghetto because it's if a black person was named Lavender, that would be ghetto. Mm-hmm. Or considered <laughs> ghetto, right? So it's like why, what makes this ghetto is what makes it and if it's ghetto what makes it bad like that's so it's, there's a lot of stuff that we have to like work through and i and i see it happening i see that there's a like i don't even think about a rivalry between seattle and tacoma anymore because i see so many dope people from seattle and tacoma i see a lot of dope people from tacoma in seattle i just saw live um out there doing a show with perry porter in tacoma yeah like that's it's that that's and she was like i gotta come out here more often because it's there's it's a nice place if you get there but you just gotta it's like <laughs> Like I would love to, t- I would love, no, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I'm not going to do a tour of Tacoma, but the people that dare to venture out there, I would, I would love for them to go and just drive. What about this? Do you think Tacoma artists need to come to Seattle? Like as like advice or like, do you think they should be coming to Seattle to be on these shows? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think so. I think that's important. I think, I think there's, I think, I think that to Seattle people need to come to Tacoma shows and perform, a, or excuse me, I think. Seattle, Tacoma people need to come to Seattle to get familiar with that audience, that the art, the excuse me, the audience, um, and to like get used to working like with white people. <laughs> well, you're gonna have to do that everywhere in Washington, but um, to like working in those venues, um, the Numos and um, is Numos still open? Yeah. Okay. And Barboza. Okay, so playing in venues like that and getting to know those sound people and working with that level of production, um, especially like Crocodile, their stays, their lights, like they just move location. Crocodile move location. Oh, you didn't know that? No, I don't know. I have no. Idea. Oh no. Yeah. Oh, my heart is broken. Okay, I'm gonna grieve that on the way back. I that's my that's probably my favorite. That's the I have the most memories at that venue. Um, yeah. Crocodile and Numos are like the two. Pl- I've done more shows there than I've done anywhere in Washington. Damn. Um. And that sucks but that they were the the people like the croc were the ones that when i was going to say there's someone that looked out for me melly and her whole, her whole team they all they looked out in a lot of ways when people were and she, and she acknowledged it like we we haven't really we've known about you guys but we haven't really done what we could to help and she really like really looked out and really opened a lot of doors and put me on a bunch of shows um her she was working with daryl cruz and then um, Ebeth or Chapters Alumni from Portland, they teamed up. They had me opening up. Just, they put me on a bunch of sold out shows between here and Portland. And it was just like, OK, this is all I needed. And that that was a huge catalyst for me going further and doing other stuff in my career. So who um, are like five Tacoma artists? Five Tacoma artists. That you um, recommend people should check out. And don't say like no, yeah. someone that's huge already. You know. Well, who? I mean, it depends on what you. Oh, you know who I huge. found out that I think is dope? I hope I hope he's not a. Well, I think he's dope. Yeah. You know, do you know who Bars is? 
J bars? It's like B A R Z and then the exclamation point. He's like this white guy. Yeah, that's J bars. His yeah, name's well, J bars. His name is Bars now. Yeah, he's that's a person that's been around since I I'm was. I'm about to have that guy on the podcast. He's yeah, dope. He's been he's been one. That's another person that's like been around forever. That like should he? There's these people that are characters and have full careers and could handle a huge fan base, but it's just it, the 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 audience isn't there. Like mm-hmm. he's somebody that I've he's just like to me I he seems like somebody that you would see on tour with um, Tech Nine, <laughs> yeah, with a tech yeah like and it just like on the roster and like he should have millions of plays and millions of streams and millions of fans. Not saying that he I don't know what his numbers are like, but like there's a lot of people that are ready for that. Oh, one more thing, you know what's dope? Hold on, what is it? I think yeah, I think it's King Crooked. King Crooked works with a lot of like Tacoma artists. Mm, wow, I didn't know he that. was on Black Souls. He was on Black Souls Project, and Black Souls was on his project with Joel Ortiz. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah Dude, yeah. King Cro- Crooked. St- I don't, I don't know how King Crooked's tapping, but King Crooked's dope. Yeah. Um. So Tacoma people be Sean Brooks, Black Soul, obviously Louis. Um. Hey, I okay. You can't say those because I've already worked with. So I want to know new people. Okay. Plus, also people. Who, yeah. Um, to the podcast who may have heard of those. So okay. Can't say Louis. Okay. Can't say any of MFK. Okay, so can't then, say Black Soul. Okay, Sean Brooks, um, Calypso. Uh, I want to go on my phone because I have all my people up there. Um, a producer I'm working with—that's one of my favorite people. His name is Martel, but he goes—he goes by his name's, his name's Tyler, but he goes by Mr. Martel. Um, um, are we doing rap or singing? That's another thing. I'm trying to connect all these genres, so it, it doesn't have to be just rap. Okay. Like, I'm um, trying to get into the comedian space, too, soon. Oh, yeah, there's, I mean, Nate Jackson and Kev on stage are two of the biggest ones I know. Um, and Kevin Porter, there's a lot of com- comedians out there that are really good. For sure. Um, but singers, um, Wax, the producer, is a really dope singer. Um, let me, get, can I get my phone out, please? Cause there's, yeah, for sure. I literally, I can read you off. Oh, oh. I can't get my phone. Damn it. it's in my coat. Um, um, Damn, I guess you don't know these Tacoma. No, <laughs> I do, but I'm. I know I'm. I'm. There's one I know, but I know their Instagram name, and I don't want to mess their Instagram name up. Um, yeah, there's so many. Jeez. Um, that's a good thing then. Yeah, that's a good problem, and I'm. I'm. You're putting me on the spot, and there's like 50 <laughs> I want to name at the same time, and I can't get them all. It's like a bottleneck. Um. Who else? I'll let you think about it. Yeah. <laughs> just in this clip, cut this and make it seem like I took 20 seconds. There we go. Because my brain is spacing right now. <laughs> so let's tell. Wait, who have I named so far? You said. Sean Brooks. Sean Brooks, Calypso. Calypso. Mr. Martells, a.k.a. Tyler. Um, Wax the producer. Um, One more. I would say Silent, but he's not up here anymore. He moved. Damn. I would say Janaea, but I don't know if she's from Tacoma or Seattle because she's up here, but she stays in Seattle. Um, Sateria moved to L.A. A lot of people moved. Um, Nyok, I don't know if Nyok is doing music anymore. Oh, she's really dope. Um, um, I just did a show with a guy named Orange that was really dope at Alma Mater. Um, Planet B is really dope. 
That's a group of three different people. They're Ooh. all super talented. Rogel is one of my favorite singers. Isn't South South from Tacoma? Who? South South. I don't know South South. They're probably too young for you. Uh, how old are they? Are they 13? <laughs> I'm pretty sure they're pretty young. Like I don't know how old they are. but They're on the Seattle Sessions, but I'm pretty sure they're from oh, okay. Tacoma. I could be wrong. Yeah, I just... I don't, no uh, worries. There's so many... That's good, though. That's a good problem to have. That means... I should be doing more. James on the boards, but I don't know how to spell his Instagram name because it's like a Z at the end. Um, yeah, there's there's a lot, but it's it's the the issue we have. Oh, oh my gosh, um, ugly Frank. I'll fight you. That whole that's mm. I've been wanting to talk about him this whole time because he's another one of those people. Him, between him and Sean, they ugly. When I sh- when I show people, I've heard of him. I haven't listened to his music, but I've definitely heard of him. Yeah, have you heard of Sean Brooks? Mm, maybe I don't know. I wish we could play. I wish I could play the music and get your because we could afterwards. We got the TV. And okay, because it's not it's not like a oh man, we just got. There's a lot of people up here where it's like okay, let me get in the studio with them for like a year, and they'll be ready these are people where it's like they have been ready and it's just like they've 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 done the work and they've put in the time and they did what it took to get that moment but they didn't get the support that they should have gotten in that moment when everybody was watching hmm. and so now they have to go back and do it again and not that they can't they can always do it again um but is there a difference between people artists not having the support and then there's tons of artists also who like squander that whether it's focusing on the wrong things while they have that spotlight on them. Yes. Yeah, I mean, there's some people that don't do the work and it, it, you can use, I can usually tell those ones, but there's ones where it's like, okay, what happened? Like where they did it and they did the thing and they got the look, but they didn't get all the things that come with it. Mm-hmm. And usually what, for me, in my opinion, what usually you, you, you put out the project, you put out the record, you have the, the single, you have the cosign, you need to tour. And then when you tour, you get back, you make another project, you get another single, you go out there and tour. So at some point, like you got to get an investor, you got to get funding because if you don't have the money, that's what, that's all that is. It's the conversation It's money to, to pay for the marketing that you need, like to really get a look and get a fair shot. It's, it's money. It's hundreds of thousands, it's hundreds of thousands of dollars. So how do artists make money if they're like a couple years in, like, is it easy to become like a songwriter for people? Like. Like, how can an artist start making even, like, 1800 bucks a month off their music? There's got to be ways outside of just streams. Yeah. Um, so, okay, we have to pretend it's not the pandemic because this era right now, it's... <laughs> it's um, but if you if you could, because a lot of it is shows. Um, so I, I would try my best to map it out quickly. Let's say your name is um, Little Bebo. That's your rap name. And you're going to start, what? yeah, you're going to start making music. So you as little Bebo, you don't have a team. You don't have a producer. You don't have a manager. You don't have any friends. You have nothing. But you have this burning desire in your heart to make music. And you know that you could be the best rapper ever. And you just came up with this really cool name. So all you got to do is like get in front of some people and it'll take off. So what you're going to do as little Bebo, you're going to go on either SoundCloud or YouTube. You're going to look up free beats. You're going to find a beat that you like. You're going to put make a song to it. Once you download that beat, if you rip it off YouTube or you get it for free from whoever made it, you're going to take that beat and email it to yourself or you're going to put it on a, on a thumb drive. You're going to find the next open mic that you can find. And there's a million of them up here because 
this is the capital of open mics. So you're going to go to open mic, you sign up, you perform your song. As you perform your song, um, after you perform your song, you're going to say, thank you so much. I uh, thank you all for your support. I thank you for rocking with me. This is my first show. I appreciate you. I can't wait to come back. Um, if you liked what you heard, please, after the show, come say hello. Come say what's up. Come take a picture with me. Thank you. After the show, you go over maybe three or four people come over and say, great job. You did good. Or maybe it's three or four people that are kind of unique or maybe they're new artists that aren't very good and you weren't very good, but they thought you're good because they're not good too. But whoever it is, they're going to come over and talk to you and you take their picture or you take a picture with them and say hello. And then you say, yo, let me get your email address so I can send you this photo or let me get your number so I can send you this photo. And you get their email is usually less intrusive, but you get their email address and then you write those emails down and then next time you get go back home to or your studio wherever you're at your lab you work on more songs and you get ready for the next open mic before you go to the next open mic you email those people and tell them hey i'm gonna be back hope you all can come and you go to the open mic maybe you do two two songs this time um but you're gonna do the same thing where after the show you're gonna get those names that's the, the you get those names open mic after open mic you start finding out about more open mics um, eventually as you invite more and more people, that name, that list of names is going to grow. When you get to around 2025, 20, that's when you're starting to do something. This is when you say, okay, now I'm ready to go do a concert somewhere. So you go to whatever venue you like. Let's say crocodile was still in the same place and they're doing the same stuff and you're from Seattle. So you hit, you go to raincity.com cause those are the promoters at the crocodile and you look at their calendar and you say, okay, my music kind of sounds like, um, Who's like a local band that would come through here that you like? Um, I just had on Pretty Awkward. Let's just say Pretty Awkward. Okay, so let's say Pretty Awkward. Are they from up here or from where are they from? Yeah, they're from Seattle. Okay, so let's say they're going to do a show at the Croc. They're going to headline. And your music sounds close to their music. So you tell Rain City, hey, what's up? Uh, my name is Lil Bebo. I'm from up here. And this, this, and that. I've been doing open mics and building up my music. Um, this is... I'm. Bring, I have a million, I'm bringing about 10 to 15 people out every time I do an open mic. I would love to open up for an artist if you need that. I'll sweep floors and <laughs> do whatever I have to do to get on this spot. This means a lot to me. Uh, let me know. And then eventually somebody's going to hit you back. After you, if, Even if they don't, you keep trying and keep working, and somebody's going to hit you back, and you're going to get the opening slot. When you get that first show, um, and what's the awkward? What is it? Pretty awkward. Pretty awkward. They do their show. Show sold out. You do your four songs now that you've built up. After your four songs, hey, everyone, my name is Lil Bebo. After the show, I'm doing a meet and greet. Come say hello. Come take a picture. I appreciate you all. Thank you so much. After the show, you do that meet and greet. That list is going to start to grow. Um, as that list grows, that's you and the people that you can bring to shows increases. That's your draw. And also, a really important thing is when you do that first show, you get video of it, whether it's you or you have the sound person or somebody that works there or your friend or your sibling get video of that show and record all the performances you can record um, because that's going to end up being helpful later on. So you do that show, um, your numbers start to grow, you start to pull more people out. Now you're getting put on more shows. Um, now you're bringing 50 people out to a show. Now they're going to start paying you for that. So as you start to get paid for it, you start to save up that money so you can hire videographers to get professional videos, professional pictures, all that good stuff. Um, your team is going to start to grow. I'm not going to take, because this would take an hour to go through the full th steps, but I will say that if you do that consistently and build up your draw, focus on your draw. 
focus on your draw and focus on posting consistently on on your socials you will start to make money either from partnerships you do from online from your following growing or from um show money from because what you're going to do with that as you save up those 150s 200 300 dollars you're going to buy some merch and that's when stuff starts to kick in Mm. so you let's say you um you hit up Normally I would give out this number, but I don't want to just do that publicly because I I don't want to get in trouble. But um, I have a merch guy that you hit up and you tell them, hey, I need 400, I need 50 shirts. That 50 shirts screen print with screen prints plus the screen is going to cost you around 400, between like 400 and $430. Um, You're going to, which will be around like, I don't know, like six or seven bucks a shirt. If you're selling those shirts for 20, 25 bucks, you're going to make that money back easily. You start flipping that money. And I'm going to get some hoodies. Okay, I'm going to flip that and I'm going to get some hats. Um, those hoodies are selling for 50 bucks. Those hats are selling for 30. I did a show and I'm this is this is the route that I took. This is why I give this example. I did a show opening up for they at the Crocodile. They did a sold out show and I think they sold two what did they say 200 hoodies for 50 bucks a piece. Jeez. People bought them. Wow! Because it's fifty different people, mm-hmm. or two. It's two hundred different people, and they, I think they, I think they sold out the show. I think it, the capacity is three hundred. But if two hundred people bought hoodies for fifty dollars, that's ten thousand dollars. Jesus. So the mer- when you get to the the merch side of things, that's where it's like, okay, I got money in the bank, so I can like hire a band. I can pay my people. I can get an EPK made so I can get more shows and get put on more festivals. That EPK is the electronic press kit. Press that's, release. Mm-hmm, that's the compilation of all of your the shows you've done, in media, any media that you've gotten, and the pictures you do, the numbers you do, all that stuff put into one. So when you want to get on a bummer shoot or a, or a, um, upstream, you send that to the people that are in charge of that, and they'll see what you can do. Um, when you want to get on these out-of-state shows or these showcases or things like, well, not out-of-state showcases, no. Um, shows out of state or TV shows that's what you're sending to them to show them what you can do Um, but I would say merch streams is actually a a sneaky way of making money too if you can stream well but that's a tricky game Um, because it's hard to know it's hard to play this stuff and that's a lot of time that we'd have to spend explaining that to you but that's another way of doing it a really good tip if you want to get if you want to stream better if you want to get on playlists Submit your music to the DSP that you're working with, um, like at least 21 days in advance, or the distributor distributor you're working with 21 days in advance. And you'll have a lot better chances of getting on a playlist. Um, but yeah, streaming is another way of making money. Um, doing lessons, if you sing, giving singing lessons. Um, um, we already talked about merch, sponsorships. Like if you can find, if you're building up your audience, you're building up your draw, you can justify it, get people paying you to wear their stuff or giving you free product um um publishing is the one that i usually i usually recommend to people but that's more of a long-term thing because you even if you place a record sorry i keep hitting this microphone if you place if you place if i write a song for beyonce and it comes out tomorrow it's going to be two at least a year or two years before i even see a real check from that so like that because you get paid the cycle that it works in. So, um, for example, with the Nikki song, I wrote that in April 2010, or recorded it in April 2010. I sent it to them. It came. The album came out in, I think, November, or October 
um, November came out pink because it was Black Friday. Um, the single didn't come out for a year. Damn. So the single comes out a year later. That means I'm I'm not really making real money off of that. And then you get paid for what you did the year before. So it was another year before I got royalties from that song. So it was two years. <laughs> it was two years of like I'm a multi-platinum selling i had placed i think two other songs and it's and it stepped away from music i was focusing on my career stuff at that point before i even got a real check from them the real check was nice when i got it mm. but it was it was like it was the equivalent of getting like your yearly like if you worked at um like foot locker and you got all of your years like all the money you would get in that year if you got it within like two months that's what it was like so we thought like, oh, we made it. We're born out of control. Mm. And the next check, yeah, there's even more. The next check was like, oh, this one's a little bit smaller. Mm. The next check was like, oh, this is way smaller. And the next check was like, wait, what happened? I thought we were millionaires. So you got to stack those placements on top of each other if you really want to make it off of that. But um, yeah, there's, 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 I, I honestly think that the, I think the way that things should be going if we want it to work and if we want a renaissance or if we want Seattle's like art and music scene to be taken seriously is the people that have the money and that know how to make the money have to connect with the artists hmm. because we're doing whatever we can and my methods of going to open mics is, can work hmm. but like why do that when there's we have the most billionaires in I think, one area yeah like, even face, I didn't even realize Facebook's out here I didn't South either. Lake South Lake Union. I had no idea. So, like, there's no reason that Lil Bebo should <laughs> be struggling the way Lil Bebo is if Lil Bebo is really ready to put in the work. Um, and I think that I think my dream would be to. I don't know how much time we have left, too, but oh, whenever, however you, oh, okay. long you want. My dream is to, because I I come from where I come from. We focus on artist development. It was always about just developing, developing. So I learned a lot about that. Um, so my dream would be to have a space and to like help curate spaces for artist development and to teach the stuff that we're talking about here. Um, I would love to have like a school um, that would be like a brick and mortar version of what I do on Instagram and what we do in these Zoom meetings and what we do at the camp meetings and what I do on tour. Um, but see, that's the thing. There are things like that in Seattle. Those Seattle people should be talking more to Tacoma so that they can explain tell the Tacoma people about those resources so those resources can be spread out throughout the different cities. Isn't yeah. that craziness? Yes, those things do exist. It's just we're doing different things. So it's the the what they're teaching and what I'm teaching is probably not going to be... Because they're not in the industry. No, cause they're, because they have a different style and there's a different... Seattle... If if I'm trying to make it out of Seattle, there's a completely different path for mm. me than if I'm trying to make it out of Tacoma. You can you can in Seattle you can make it in Seattle and be like an established artist here and like be doing shows and like be world renowned and have a fam enough of a fan base to support you in Seattle with the venues you have and the studios you have and the resources up here. It's like it's not it's not like you're far away from it there's a there's really enough for you to like locally like do a lot of stuff Tacoma it's a different path if you want to make it out of Tacoma you got to be loud enough to be heard in LA it's not you it's I tell people if you want to make it 
if you want to make it out of Tacoma, you have to be trying to become a legend. You're not going to, unless you just want to do music for fun and you like are not trying to like live off of it. If you're trying to like be comfortable and be able to like support your family and like leave a legacy, you're going to have to be amazing. And in the standards that we have to adhere to, it's not, it's not the same. Like, like I can't, I can't be Tacoma. Good is not going to feed me mm. like good enough to get a show at jazz bones is not going to like, which I love jazz bones and we need jazz bones and we need alma maters. We need those places, but that's not, I can't, I can't make it off of what they're paying me. I got to make noise enough to where people in Atlanta are like, come to Atlanta. People in LA are like, come to LA people. I have to hit these other markets. I can't, and Seattle is not really even like in even trying to make it in Seattle as a Tacoma artist is kind of like awkward. Cause it's like, I'm not really from here, but I'm in this scene and now I'm being known as a Seattle artist, even though I'm a Tacoma artist, but all my fans are like, so you, we have to, we have to find. So they should build up their own music scene is what you're saying. Or what I'm saying is that to, we don't have Seattle has a sound. Seattle has like a culture, a musical culture. Like there's a hist like, when you think of Seattle rap, you can imagine what that sounds like, right? No. <laughs> you can't? Here in Seattle, they don't even know what they sound like, though. So if you ask one Seattle rapper, they might say something like, if you ask like, an up-and-coming Seattle rapper mm-hmm. or someone that's new to the scene or even outside of the scene, just mm-hmm. someone who loves Seattle rap, they'll say Little Mosey, while another person might say Macklemore. Mm-hmm. And then after that, it's just other rappers saying what their friends sound like or they just don't know, like... But there's you have no a, general consensus consensus of what but you, sounds like. But you have a there's a Mosey sound and there's a Macklemore sound. Yes. That's my point is that like there's a there's a if you can if you can not saying that you these are guaranteed ways of doing it, but you if if you follow Macklemore's path, there's if you can, it's not like it's an easy thing to do. If you can follow that path, you can you can do something in Seattle. If you can follow Mosey's path, you can do something in Seattle. In Tacoma, there's no you can't follow Macklemore's path and be, make it into Tacoma. You can't follow Mosey's path and make it into Tacoma. Rip, or sorry, Louis. I know him as Rip. That was his name before. Rip is following Rip's path. Clem Rashad is following Clem Rashad's path. I'm following my path. Sean Brooks is following Sean Brooks' path. Black Soul is doing unbelievable things. He's and so it's dope. still, and he still has, he still, it's like, it's still, we got to go back and forth between here and LA because there's no, and if there's going to be a scene, we have to build it. Um, so you're right. It's it's we we have to create our sound and create our legacy for ourselves, um, and we have to connect the dots between the people that came before us because there's a legacy of Tacoma music that's just so far back that a lot of us aren't really connected to it, um, and a lot of I won't go there, but yeah. So it it we have to we have to figure out what we do and how we do it, and we have to do it well, and we have to do it well enough that people that come behind us want to do the same thing um and that are inspired and see and and we have to make our path deep enough that other people can follow it a lot of people like popped off and just left and nobody knows how to get to where they went to because it happened so quick or because they were gone so fast um so for me i want to make it known and make it clear like if you want to make it at tacoma this is what you got to do and not even this is what you have to do here's how you do it if 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 which I, th- I think there's something to learn from all the places that do what I'm talking about doing up here. Cause I think that's what we're talking about. It's like the development places in Seattle. I think there's stuff to learn there. I just think that my experience as a Tacoma artist and what to, 
how to prepare yourself as an artist from the Northwest going other places. It's probably different because I had to go other places to do it. I can't tell you how to make it in Seattle. I have no idea. I still don't know <laughs> how to make it in Seattle. And I know artists from Seattle that don't know how to make it in Seattle. Um, <laughs> but I can, but I can, I can show you how to get from here to LA. I can show you how to get from here to New York. I can show you how to get from here to Atlanta or from here to Florida. I can show you the, I can show you the standards. I can't make you respect them and I can't make you take it seriously, but I can show you how to, I can show you how good you can be, how good you need to be and how to get there. But that's, and so that's what I want to do. And that's what I, that's not what I want to do. That's what I do now. And that's what I would like to do on a larger scale at some point. Um, But honestly, I, I have to, I gotta, I gotta take care of business and, do a few more things that I'm finish a few more things I'm working on now that will make it like, Oh, okay. He knows what he's talking about. Yeah. Cause most of my stuff is most of the stuff I've done or I'm doing that would make people like wake up is stuff that I can't really talk about. And so that doesn't really help unless we're in these small rooms or having these small meetings. And I can say, yeah. So th- when I'm with this person, this is what they say and this is how they do it. But I don't do that publicly because those relationships are not public relationships. I, I don't like talking about them yet, but soon <laughs> we'll be able to but yeah my goal is just to help to help with the development stuff and to learn from the people that that have done it up here and learn what they're doing because i need to it's important to know how to make it in seattle I, I i think that's valuable um and i think if we can all come together and all help each other and support each other i think that it just makes for a better scene for everyone so oh, yeah i think we got it yeah i think it'd be faster if people realize how many different type of genres of just art in general, like even include comedy. Yeah. Like yes. I feel like comedy, a lot of comedians actually, but being at the studio, a lot of comedians come through actually to record. This is a producing studio. So like right. I produce Podcasts for like, and stuff, yeah. yeah, so I produce for comedians and like even the successful comedians that come in here, they're still like, yeah, the venues take every fucking cent of our money or whatever it is, you know? So like comedians have the same like stresses as, a rapper, yeah. a rapper has the same stresses as a band or an EDM artist or a pop artist. So I feel like everything would go faster if people realize all these different genres should just connect versus being like, oh, I'm just going to fix the rap scene. Right. It would be 10 times faster if you fix the rap scene with the bands right. and everything like that. I totally agree. I think one thing, one thing I also want to do, and I'll say it on here too, just so um, people hear me say it. I think we need a battle of the bands. Who? in Washington don't we have a sound off or whatever what is that one thing that it's like you have to be like under 21 I think to play that Uh I mean like we don't have a competitive scene and I think that that would be healthy competition and that would help people to see what's out there and help people to kind of get humbled or to get the confidence that they need I think that if every city or maybe it starts off with like those local open mics or whatever or venue maybe like three venue or venue in every city hosts one and there's three judges and all the bands that can sign up and that maybe have to meet a certain like maybe they have, i don't know what they have to do but all the bands that come through or maybe audition and then if you pass the audition then you get in the competition yeah and then they compete amongst each other in that city and then the cities compete against each other and then it boils down to like the last maybe four cities and that's a concert that everybody goes to and said like key arena or something, something crazy. Yeah. And everybody goes to watch them and the, whoever wins is like the top band and the, I think because there's people that I, 
I there's a um, there's a band called Down North that I love. When I first saw them live, I was like, I gotta go practice. I gotta go rehearse now. Like I need to find a band, and I need like it. <laughs> it woke me up to how good you can be and be up here, and to see that they were still grinding and working as hard as I was it was like, oh, being as they're this good and they're still like trying. So I'm up here comfortable, like I already did something and I haven't done nothing. But I think that we need more of that. I think that people like people coming to Tacoma and seeing how people respond to their music in Tacoma is yeah. helpful. And people going to Seattle and seeing how people respond to their music in Seattle is helpful. But even more, like seeing a really good band play is like one thing that will wake you up as an artist. Because I do think it's on the artist as well to like to get better. It's not just people with money paying for everything. The artist got to really show up and do their thing on their side as well. Um, but I really think like uh, that, and maybe that could be a, that could be the thing that connects the the money to the people. It could be the battle of the bands. Um, I don't, I don't, but I just I feel like something something that would like spark some competition, some healthy competition, because there's still camaraderie because it's a, it's a Northwest thing. I would do one for the whole entire world, to be honest, because I think it Ooh. could span. It could grow into that because every state could go against each other. Then countries could go against each other and all that kind of stuff. But um, I know in Europe they do like a song competition where it's like the number one song is like, which is dope. So I think oh, that's I think, what like, isn't it what ABBA came out of? That was like sweet. I think so. Yeah. Swedish, Sweden, not Sweden, not sweet. Yeah. yeah. That's what ABBA came out of. I'm I pretty sure. So. I believe so. I remember, um, was it Will Ferrell that was making a movie about that too? Where he had, but yeah, so <laughs> I, I, I think I think. So I think the things that we we need. First, money, because this stuff is expensive. Um, even if it's just towards marketing and and living, like that still costs a lot. Um, mentorship, or support, like leadership, um, competition, um, and. Uh, therapy therapy <laughs> yes mental health and development like in a safe I guess all those things are underneath development um, of the development umbrella but um, and then yeah the, and then just like space like a studio to record out of or the equipment to record or the like yeah a place to work out of a lot of people need that too but I think if we can get those things um, when we get those things locked in we will get them we will when we get those things locked in i think we will i think i think we will be what we deserve to be and i think that we could have a scene like these other scenes that we see i think we'll be different i don't th- like when people say we can like what atlanta did i don't think we'll sound like atlanta but i think that we could have a movement um i think i do think this could be a hub as create it might sound wild right now to say that but i do see this as being a hub for music and for arts and for creativity and i see people coming here to get away from wherever they're from or wherever they're at and to be inspired by this area because we have a lot of amazing scenery, food, culture, people up here, but we just don't know how dope it is. A lot of us haven't left to be able to appreciate what we have. And yeah. I think that like pouring all those things into that will help to build some pride. Um, it's like, ha- like having the Seahawks and having um, the Sounders and having this hockey team. And if we had the Sonics back, like it makes you, it gives you something to be proud of. It gives you something to be excited about up here. And, I, and one artist could be its own NBA team. One artist can sell out arenas or sell out stadiums that we don't see it as people don't see. People don't see what something could be. They just see where they're at right now. Yeah. I remember being at. Um, I remember I was doing a concert at um, Clover Park at like a at a community college. 
in 2014 and I was in a nurse's office that was probably maybe twice the size of this room. And there was like a table with donuts next to me and I'm singing. I did like a, maybe like an hour and a half or hour long set of me just performing. And my daughter was in there with me and she's dancing. And I was in between songs. I would tell them, yo, my name is Will Jordan. Thank you so much for like watching my song. Um, Please, if you can go get tickets, I'm going to be performing at the Tacoma Dome on December 14th with Chris Brown. Um, So come check me out. And they're looking at me like, really you like why are you here if you're they couldn't see where i was gonna be at even though i'm telling them because of where i was Mm -hmm. they didn't have the vision to see like oh this person and then sure enough i was on that stage and i did my thing on that stage like as if it was natural even i never performed in front of an audience that big but i could see myself there they couldn't see it and if no one outside of them had seen the opportunity of the people that were putting that show on were like those people I never would have gotten that shot but because they could see what I could do and could see my potential they put me on that platform so a lot of people are only a lot of people have never a lot of the people that have had success are out of touch with this era or a lot of people that have seen success or seen artists make it are out of touch with this era and don't know who from this era could make it um, so I think there, we just need to connect the dots between the people that have the success and that have the platforms and the resources and the people that are in the mix with the artists that have the potential and just to work it out and have faith and believe and see what happens. But until we do nothing, nothing's going to happen and people are going to keep moving away. So we got this. I don't think it has to take years either. I keep telling you that. It does not. It doesn't. It doesn't. It just takes somebody being smart enough to like invest into I keep talking about money because nobody wants to talk about the money part. We always do these artist meetups and then people talk about, I just don't feel inspired. I have writers like, no, you're broke. And you, <laughs> you, you need $2,000 to pay rent this month and you don't know where it's going to come from. That's yeah. why you can't write a song. It's not because something's wrong with you and you're not good or because you have writer's block. It's because you're stressed out and you can't survive. And you're way more talented than most of the people that are selling millions of records. But if you don't, if you if people aren't valuing your music and you, then it's hard for you to see your, the value of the music. You don't know that the song you're working on is going to be worth a million dollars to you because you're putting on a SoundCloud and it gets 38 plays and 114 views on YouTube. So it's not for you. It doesn't seem like it's worth millions. But someone that knows the value of music and knows what a song can do, like Young Thug's in the studio, he knows every one of these songs what it's going to make. So he's making a hundred songs in the studio a day because I know as soon as I put this out. It's going to do this. The number's going to go up. But if you don't know that, if I like, if I told you right now, if you finish a song, it's going to make you half a million dollars. No, but it doesn't matter what it is. It's your song. That's what matters. It's going to be easy to go there and write a song and put it out. And you're going to put out another one and another one, another one, because you know what it's worth. So we just need to learn our value and learn what stuff is worth and have people come in and invest. That's all. For sure. Yeah. So let's talk about your new song drop in Friday. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So we'll probably... Maybe Same today is Drake. Maybe if it's, we'll depend on what day. We'll figure out what day we're gonna put this out. But okay, yeah. So maybe the song is dropping today. Yes. Yay! Let's talk about this Celebrating. song. Um, yeah. What do you want to talk about? Like, is this the beat song that like you? The it's it's not the Instagram. Yes. Sample song is that it? Wait, no, 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 no. You no. need to put that song out. That beat is hard as. <laughs> Thank you. Fuck. Thank you. Um. Yeah, that song that's that'll that might be next depending on what we do with this record. 
this this song is called slip and fall um we yeah it comes out friday the third whatever day that is if it's today it might be, and it's also the oh, same what? day that drake drops yes i can't wait some friendly competition friendly yeah that's important i talked about needing competition and that's <laughs> what we got um yeah i this 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 song has gotten the most attention and feedback um for me before release that's i've never gotten this kind of um response from record and have people have i've never had people calling me sending me screenshots of their friends asking where the song is at um which has been really cool and it gives me hope and reminds me that like i'm not doing this for nothing um and just to stick with it um but it it it, it's funny because i wrote it most of my a lot of my songs in the last maybe a couple years have been about like just living life and just trying to keep going and like soulful more like um painful artsy music this was the first time i was like in a long time that i've written a song that was like a love song that was like a happy song and that was from like a good place and it felt good to write that and i I never wanted to be that artist that just only wrote dark music or was just put in this box um i wanted to be able to write everything i wanted to write and write about my real life and sometimes as artists we get to feeling like if it doesn't come from a painful place it's not real or it won't be appreciated um so it was cool to like see that like i could write a happy song and like people like it so yeah. um i'm excited for it to come out i love it i i this is this is the best does your daughter love it i think that's the most important yeah part. <laughs> yeah but she yeah she i won't i wouldn't it wouldn't even it wouldn't make it out my phone if she didn't love it um she yeah I, I can't say enough about it. I, I, I'm doing a terrible job of promoting it because I like it that much that it's hard. Like, I just get excited thinking about it because I can't really give a description of what it is. I know that um, when I was making this song, I wanted it to I wanted it to feel like you were taking a piece of summer with you into the spring and into the fall. Like, I wanted it to feel like that transition out of, like, those last days of August when there's the really beautiful sunsets and it's, the sun is still out late and we're still, like, enjoying, like, the last pieces of summer before things change but also we're transitioning into cuffing season so we're coming Mm -hmm. from hot girls hot girl and hot boy summer into the time where it's time to kind of settle down and wind down so this song is like to me is that theme song um where like you um i want to reference this movie but i know you haven't seen it have you seen rookie of the year i have not. no okay so there's a scene in rookie of the year it's one of my favorite movie scenes um where they get this boat it's about this kid who like breaks his arm and then it heals the wrong way and it like snaps when he like like when he moves it forward it like launches forward really fast and so he takes a baseball and by chance like happens to throw it on accident and it's like a 95 mile an hour fastball or something crazy (laughs) and he ends up going to like to the major leagues as a pitcher because his arm is like messed up so it just he can pitch really fast (laughs) So he, there's a scene where he and his friends, um, they get this boat and they get some snacks and these like girls that they like and they all go out in this rowboat and they're just having fun or this like little makeshift speedboat and they're just having fun on the water and enjoying the scene. And to me, that's what this is. It's like your f- cool friend has a boat and the girl that you like or the guy that you like or whoever you like is on the boat and like this is your chance to get to know them and talk and hang out 
and you see the sunset and this is the song that comes on when you break the ice and you realize that they like you too and then it's not going to be like awkward or weird like but like you're finally saying the things you want to say and you have good chemistry and it's just like everything is working out like because there's so much chaos there's so much painful stuff going on we're doing so much grieving there's so much trauma but we get those little moments where just like things are working out just right and that's what this song is for is like when it, you can just relax and your shoulders relax and your eyebrows relax and your jawline relaxes and everything is good you got enough you know you have enough money in your bank account to go do whatever you want to do like if we're going out to eat after this i got that and i might be able to get this whole table and like <laughs> my car is working the check engine lights off i vacuumed it out cleaned it out so whoever's going to be in there is going to like it and it's i got my air fresheners in here my house is cleaned up so if we go back there after this it's just like when everything is working out right that's what this song represents and it's and the minute I'm gonna have to send it to you so you can check it out yes. the full thing. But the minute it comes on, you'll I promise you you'll feel it. And that's what I love about it is like this is one of the first times where what I heard in my mind and saw in my mind and felt in my mind, like I actually got to paint the picture of it. So yeah, it's this it's that song. And I hope I hope to make a my my hopefully a full project with that vibe. But for now, just getting one song is like a big deal for me because that's a hard it's a hard feeling. It's hard to, I don't feel like a song is done until it takes you somewhere until like when you close your eyes, you can see exactly what the person that made it saw. You can see the music video. You can see the scene in the movie that it would be in. You can see like, you can hear the lines that the people would be saying. You can see the cover art for it. You can see like the way that the, if you're at a concert, you can see what the way the lights would be set up. Like it's just all there. And that's, I feel like I, I, I figured it out for this song. So. Well, yeah. Well, you sold me on it. Yeah, man. It's I did all right. Did there all right. we go. Yeah. So, what is the easiest way to reach a, a Will Jordan? Um, the easiest way is uh, Instagram. Is what I'm usually Instagram or Twitter, but all my handles are the same. It's at Will Jordan Music. W I L L Jordan Music. Um, and if you want to like find more information or get in contact with me, my website WillJordanMusic.com is the best place to go. Um, but yeah, I, um, I'm, I'm on there pretty often nowadays, more than I'd like to be. Um, you'll probably see me posting or talking about upcoming shows or, um, distant soldier boy, not distant soldier boy, deleting my soldier boy disses. Um, cause I'm too sensitive and I would, I wouldn't want to get into it with him. Um, but, um, Will Jordan. Yeah. <laughs> I don't need that. I don't need that kind of attention right now. I was just talking about how, like, if my favorite, which he's not my favorite rapper, but I, I was tweeting, I was like, if my favorite rapper dissed me, I'd probably, like, make a song responding. My response would probably be a bunch of compliments of how much I love their music An and apology. how much they inspire me <laughs> and how much I'm grateful for them. Because I just, I'm such a fan of music and music that I love. And I, I either, like, I'm either a snob or a stan. I don't have a middle ground. Or I'm trying to teach somebody and, and show them, but. Um, yeah, you can find me on Instagram or whatever social media platform you prefer at Will Jordan Music. Um, I try to DM back. I follow back as much as I can. If I can't follow you back, I'll still like like some of your pictures or leave a comment or something like that. Um, if you're interested in artist development stuff, I'm talking so fast. If you're interested in artist development stuff, um, just like leave a comment or something or shoot me a DM. If I can help, I will. I'm working on not overextending myself anymore and burning myself out. So if I don't get back to you, it's not because I don't like you or because I don't care. It's about because I'm trying to do what's best for both of us and make sure that I'm 
mentally, physically, emotionally okay. So I would probably be slow sometimes to respond. Um, but I will get back to you if I can. Hell yeah. Yeah. This is the NAS podcast with Will Jordan. And we did it. Yes, sir.